When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Well, hello there, my neurodivergent friends. I hope that you are doing well. We're closing out of 2021. 2022 is right here around the corner. It's coming up in just a couple of days. If you celebrated this last week, I hope you had a great time. If you got together with your family, with your friends, whomever, I hope that it was great for you. And if you are a Patreon of the Neurodivergent Nurse, then you had an episode that came out on Christmas Eve to talk about Christmas and difficulties with ADHD and the pressures that we have. For me personally, I am absolutely thankful that it is over and I'm not looking forward to it happening again next year. I know that if you listen to this podcast, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about my disdain for Christmas. Ah, humbug. I had people who contributed to it that only solidified even more if there was an even more that could happen to be sure that I just don't like it nor will I in the future it left me in a very down and disappointed state that also made me really look back on myself and doubt who I am and the good that I do well that is officially water under the bridge at least for the next 340-ish days. You probably noticed that I have started putting out just a little mini-series, tiny bonus episodes that are just going to be dropped in the middle, random times, because I record it on the way to work and I actually publish it sometime that day without editing it, all of those things. But it's called Glimpses of Gratefulness. Even the picture is different. So if it's not your thing, if you don't like Listening to those episodes is too distracting. Noises in the background may bother you because I am talking into headphones while I am driving to work because I just feel like I am most fresh there with the ideas and the way I see it is there's just a lot of pollution that happens to your mind throughout your day because not everything is going to go perfect and you're not going to be in that perfect headspace. And when I say you, I mean everyone, including myself, that has ADHD. Something may go bad at work. A patient may die. I may be reprimanded. Not really a thing that happens, but but it could. Regardless, I just wanted to record this in the mornings when I am fresh, when I am hopeful, to share some glimpses, just little pieces of thought to help you 
be grateful of who you are and to give you just a tiny reminder of why you are a wonderful person in the midst of anything that's going on with your life. So they're just little reminders that can hopefully carry you through your day, maybe even your week. I've had great feedback from it so far. If you are not someone who has left me feedback on it, be sure, send me a message. Send me a message on Instagram. Send me an email at the neurodivergentnurse at gmail.com. I read all the emails. I read all the messages that I get. And I often, if I don't forget, (laughs) will reply to both. I value what you think about it. And if you find it helpful, then that really makes me happy. Speaking of things that make me happy, I've gotten a couple not just five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts lately, but in the last month, I've had several people who have commented on the podcast itself under the reviews. This is so helpful, guys. It helps other people find the podcast who have ADHD, and it also gives me continued motivation to feel like this podcast makes a difference to people because sometimes when you're just speaking into the unknown, I know that things help me when I read them or listen or find out, but it just means so much to me when I get to hear your voice telling me what it does for you. I'm going to read one to you that just melted my heart. It made me feel so excited and so proud. This person wrote, awesome, five stars. I'm a nurse and my husband who has ADHD is currently going through nursing school. Side note, bless him. That is so difficult (laughs) with ADHD. All right, all right, back to it. We also have at least one of our four boys who has ADHD. I am loving this podcast. Helps me understand them and also my nursing students at the university where I teach. I recommend your podcast and sometimes we listen to you in class. Keep up the great work. K-Town Chick. I just want to give you a shout out and tell you thank you for leaving such a kind and positive review of this podcast publicly. And for those of you who may not have an Apple account or you don't really know how that works, I'm actually going to leave a link in the show notes that is going to my webpage that I am currently making. But this page is completely finished where you can go and you can choose five stars, hopefully, and leave a review and just help boost this podcast and boost my happiness on some tough days that happen from time to time. I'm definitely going to start reading some of these comments occasionally. So if you actually write a review along with giving the five stars, your words may just make it onto this podcast. One last small order of business, updates, whatever, before we start talking about motivation, which is the topic of today. In the next month in January, I have some really, really, really amazing guests that are going to be on the show. I have Sarah and Amy from the Gritty Nurse Podcast, who are phenomenal. They're going to talk about their fight and their work for social justice and how that drive inside of them to help others became so loud and all of the amazing things that they have done so far for their community, their country, their neighbors, their patients even. I also have a creator from Instagram that I started connecting with him on there. He's also on TikTok, ADHD underscore Ron. He's an ADHD coach 
I know that I say this about a lot of the people that I interview. I really have been fortunate to sit down and talk with just incredible people. But Ron is probably one of my favorites. The kindness that he exuded throughout our entire conversation, there's no way to not see how he is a successful ADHD coach. I just, I loved feeling that warmth during our entire conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear him. Hopefully next week is when you're going to have that opportunity. And then we also have one of my other awesome creators for just a fun podcast from Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, Tina. She's on the show. We play a little ADHD game that you can play along with at home. It was just a good time. So those are just a couple things that you get to look forward to in the coming month or two. On today's episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse, I'm going to talk to you about motivation. This is absolutely a common struggle for those of us with ADHD. As I said earlier, the new year is right around the corner. It's literally in just a couple days. And if you were to go and Google motivation in the new year, things are going to pop up most powerful new year quotes to motivate anyone for a fresh new beginning. Now, I don't want to speak for you, but my ADHD brain needs a little bit more than that to get me motivated to do anything. Even looking into the new year. I still need something more than a great quote to stop me from scrolling through TikTok or stop me from binging on television or reading random articles to actually get up and do something productive. If you've listened to any of the podcasts that I have had the opportunity to be a guest on, I have mentioned multiple times that there is a poem by Mother Teresa that I found very inspiring to get me through very, very difficult times where I felt like I wasn't good enough when I was getting a lot of negative feedback and doubt could not have crept in any harder. And it was definitely valid, the doubt that I had. So I do think that those positive things can be helpful to get through difficult times or helpful to remind yourself of things. But realistically, as I said, we need more than just a cool quote saying that we need to do things in this next year. Now, I will be one of the first to admit that I love New Year's Eve. I don't thoroughly love a lot of holidays, and I have mentioned this before, but New Year's Eve, I just love the world around me because I see people who are very, very hopeful. They're hopeful that whatever trouble, trauma, anything else that has happened this past year, all of the stress that they have accumulated, failed relationships, poor communication, losing jobs, losing family members, losing friendships, that can all be left behind. There's something really, really beautiful about having hope that tomorrow is going to be better, that the next year is going to be overall a positive experience. I just love feeling that energy around me. And honestly, I like looking forward to the next year as well. This particular holiday, New Year's Eve, makes us think about the future. It causes us to stop whatever we're in 
is there on the forefront. So it, it causes thoughts about that. And while we are hopeful, we also still have ADHD, which means our brains still struggle. Our brains still find it difficult to be motivated to do things that we know are good for us or things that we know we need to do. We're going to talk about why our brains do this, why we have such difficulty with motivation, and then I'm going to give you some tips that you can take into the new year to help spark that or just make it a little bit easier on yourself because I know it's a struggle for you too. I recognize that there are so many differences among children and adults who have ADHD, but this is one similarity that is shared by virtually all of us. Although we do have considerable chronic difficulty in getting organized, getting started on a lot of tasks, focusing our attention, sustaining our efforts, utilizing our short-term working memory, all of us diagnosed with ADHD have some tasks or exercises that these are not issues when doing them. The inconsistency in motivation and performance is one of the most puzzling aspects of ADHD. It seems like an adult with this disorder who can just show strong motivation and great focus to paint for six hours should be able to do the same thing for most other tasks that we recognize as important. It seems as if this is a simple problem of lacking willpower. I've even had people come into my Instagram and say that when I am reaching out and I'm giving encouragement to all of you because I need the encouragement as well, something that resonates with me, I share with you, people will come in and just say, I have ADHD and I just get off of the couch and do this thing. It's a matter of willpower. Because if you can do this, why can't you do the same for that and that, which are even more important than painting for six hours? However, ADHD, as we know, is not a matter of willpower. It's really a problem with the dynamics of the chemistry of our brains. If you have little ears around right now who can hear this podcast along with you listening to it, I would encourage you to pause this episode and get them far enough away so that you can listen to this one part. It just may not be appropriate for younger ears. I read somewhere about ADHD and motivation that there's this sexual metaphor to explain it, and it was brilliant. It's like having erectile dysfunction of the mind. If the task that you're faced with is something that turns you on, something that is really interesting for you, you're up to it, so to speak, and you can perform. But if the task is not something that's interesting to you, it doesn't turn you on. You can't get up for it and you can't perform. It doesn't matter how much you tell yourself, I need to, I ought to. It's just not a willpower kind of thing. And of course, not surprising that recent research offers considerable evidence that ADHD is not just a willpower thing, even though in many ways, it does appear to be a lack of willpower. When those of us with ADHD are faced with a task that's really interesting to us, not because someone told us that it should be interesting, but because it is interesting. At that specific moment, that perception, conscious or unconscious, it changes the chemistry of our brains instantly. This process that I just described to you 
is not under any type of voluntary control. It's not something that we just tell ourselves that we need to do, and therefore it just happens because we tell it to. Y'all, if you like the show, please consider joining the Neurodivergent Nurse Podcast Patreon. It shows how much you care, and it allows me to continue to produce these episodes week after week. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes and some pretty great fan mail from time to time as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and that increases the likelihood that other people who struggle with neurodivergency will be reached. If you're interested in joining the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash the neurodivergent nurse. If you have a family member, a spouse, a partner, a significant other that you feel like they should listen to this part, I'm going to explain why it's not just a willpower thing to maybe help them understand too and make your relationship, whatever it is, just a little bit easier. So here's a part you may want to pull them into to hear. The willpower assumption is based on two fundamental misunderstandings of how the human brain works. This assumption ignores the complex and the powerful role of unconscious emotions in the brain's processes of motivation. And it doesn't recognize the critical importance of working memory to prioritize the task from minute to minute. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time just to make sure that it's simple and digestible. Blah, 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 blah. The main way a person prioritizes information is the emotion that is associated with memories. The memories that you may think of, the memories that could be unconscious that you don't think of, that are activated by that person's thoughts and perceptions at any given moment. If you really want to dive deep into understanding that, there was a book written in 1996 by a neuroscientist called The Emotional Brain. And it talked about the importance of emotion in the brain's cognitive functioning. So like I said, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, check that book out. But emotions, both positive and negative, they play a real important role in executive functions. They initiate and prioritize our tasks. They sustain or they shift our interest and effort. And that holds thoughts in active memory. And choosing to avoid a task or a situation... I know I referenced Google just a second ago, but neurotypicals often expect or they think that our brains work, everyone's brain works, similar to Google, right? They think that when you type in, just like I said earlier, motivation in 2022, that when people type that in, the most clicks are on quotes. And therefore, that is a priority for people who are looking at that. That's not how we work. While Google responds to things that are typed into that engine, the human brain responds to the quality and the intensity of emotions that are attached to and associated to memories. A lot of people think of emotions as involving only conscious feelings, that our emotions are sad, angry, pleasure, worry, yada, 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 that a person is fully aware of and that they're able to identify the emotions that are going on inside of them. Realistically, neuroscience has shown that conscious feelings are only a tiny, tiny part of the range of emotions that operates inside of all of us to motivate our executive functionings. And I know 
I keep talking about executive functioning, but just in case you don't know, a very general definition of executive function is skills that help you get things done controlled by our brains. The most basic thing that contributes to our ability to focus really well and to do these tasks and not be able to focus great on other tasks is a problem with neurotransmission. The second factor that influences our ability to pay attention to some tasks but not to others is the relative weakness in our working memory. Working memory is really important for keeping in mind relative priorities of different interests at any given time. Now that we understand a bit of why it is so difficult for us, I'm going to give you some ways that's going to make getting motivated just a tad easier for you. All right, we're going to go through nine of them. Okay, we're going to go through nine of them. The first thing you need to do is to set smaller goals. A large goal can just seem like it is really daunting for anyone to make it easier. And that way you quit before you even started. You might find more motivation when you take large tasks and you break them down into smaller ones that seem more achievable or attainable. I have to take my CCRN, which is Critical Care Registered Nurse. I was supposed to do it within the first year of working in this role. Well, the pandemic happened. My mom got sick with cancer. Regardless, I have to get it done and there's so much pressure. I also am not a good test taker at all. So I made a date, set the deadline, and just going and trying to conquer it all, it still seems unobtainable. So what I did is I found out how many days I have between the moment that I started studying and the day that I took the test, also allotted myself a week in there that I can just do questions and relax a little bit and not have to learn new information. But I broke it down into each system. I found out how many days I needed to contribute to studying each system in order to conquer it. So it doesn't feel like I have to know everything there is, all the intricacies of the entire body in order to take this test that I just paid $400 for, but I can learn a system a day or take two days when I need to. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Take whatever that big task is that you need to do, break it down into smaller things that you can do, and it doesn't seem so difficult. That can help prevent a lack of motivation over the tasks that you feel are just too long and boring. The next thing, create a task list. We love lists. <laughs> they can be a great way to get organized and to define a starting point. They can also provide a visual checklist that can help progress feel more substantial. I love checking off the boxes of completing the small broken down tasks. Number three, involve others. Have somebody else that can hold you accountable. Not only can another person make the workload easier, they can help the time feel as though it just passes faster. Having someone to be social with may improve your desire to complete the tasks. Some research even suggests that a competitive aspect to task may help individuals with ADHD feel more motivated. This next one, I'm all about. Create rewards. Don't forget to treat yourself for a job well done. If you do that, you're more likely to complete the task in the future. If you've set small goals, trying to do something you enjoy after you've successfully checked off each goal, maybe you enjoy spending time outside, talking with a friend, dancing, listening to a favorite song, even having a snack. When I'm sitting down and I'm studying and I set myself up for a 45 minute, no break the focus time frame. 
when I finish just those 45 minutes, I reward myself with going downstairs and fixing a coffee, or I may say, okay, I'm going to watch one episode of my favorite show that is 30 minutes long. No matter how small, consider rewarding yourself for your successes each day or between each successful period that you worked on a paper or you studied for a bit or whatever that success may look like to you. The next one, take the pressure off. Thinking that you have to do something actually might make you less likely to do it. And I know that there are things that you just have to do, but instead of telling yourself that you have to do the dishes because it's expected of you, remind yourself that you enjoy the way that a clean kitchen looks or having clean dishes that are already available so that when you're really hungry and you get your food cooked, you're not gonna have to turn around and wash the dishes just to dirty them up immediately. This is one that is great for our dopamine. Change the routine. Things that are repetitive to us, familiar tasks, they're not easily motivating. In this case, try doing those tasks in a new way. If you always fold the laundry while you sit on the couch, go to the bedroom or stand at the dining room table for a change. Next up is visualize the result. Projects can be less intimidating if you have a clear goal in mind. This could also help you break down the larger project into smaller tasks. This sounds silly, but even when I get on a weight loss kick, it's not really a kick, but maybe I want to lose an extra five pounds for swimsuit season. If I have a picture of myself the way that I looked at some point and I want to look like that again, I will put a picture up that I see to remind me that that is one, obtainable, and two, it motivates me not to make poor choices so that I can accomplish that again. Number eight, identify your productive time. Maybe you're a morning person, that's not me, or maybe you feel your best right after dinner, or You could, like some of us, feel like 10 o'clock at night is the time that you have all the energy in the world. Knowing when you're most likely to complete a task can help set you up for success. Though I do want to add, just because you may be more awake at night, I'm talking about myself here, 10 or 11 p.m. is not always the perfect time, though I can get a lot done. Because sometimes I will convince myself that I'm tired, I need to sleep, or whatever. So when I say your productive time, it's not just the time that you feel most energized. It is the time of day that you get the most done. And last, start your day with success. Feelings of accomplishment are directly linked to the brain's dopamine reward system. By starting your day off with a successful simple task, you may feel more likely to continue down the road of motivation. Just a tiny little checkbox will help set your mood for the entire day and help you spiral in a positive direction. I'm going to throw in one bonus one. I know I said nine, but we're going to throw in a 10th because I've given this advice a lot on Instagram lately for people who share with me that they feel very unmotivated and they're feeling down and and shameful about it and whatever. I also want to add whatever project you may need to do. Let's say it's not the dishes. Maybe you have paperwork that you need to get done for work. And you just, you can't muster up enough energy to get it going. Set an alarm and tell yourself that you are going to do whatever this task is for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever. 15 is normally my go-to, but tell yourself 
I'm just going to do this. I'm going to work on this paperwork and convince yourself you're only going to do it for 15 minutes. Set an alarm so that you know when to stop doing it. That's what you're telling your brain. And I'm willing to bet that in those 15 minutes, when you sit down and you give yourself that small, small amount of time, 15 minutes isn't long. It's not even the length of an entire episode of a sitcom. You sit down, you get into it. More likely than not, you're going to want to continue on that streak that you have because you're already invested into it. Your brain is focused on it. And you know, if you start, it might be difficult to stop or you don't want to lose your place of whatever you're doing. And if you get to the 15 minutes, you're like, oh yeah, thank goodness that 15 minutes has come by. Go get yourself a reward. Take another small break for five or 10 minutes and set it again for another 15 minutes. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse, where you can get exclusive bonus episode, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guest, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again 